You're listening to The Kin Podcast, episode number 13. Today's episode is all about choices. Choices. We make choices all day. What time you wake up in the morning? What are you going to have for breakfast? What are you going to wear today? How do you deal with your child's tantrum? What are you going to put in his lunchbox? What time are you picking up your child at school? Who's going to pick him up? On and on and on. We all have choices all day that we choose between. And some are easier than others. Now, it's much easier to choose what you want to have for breakfast, and what you're going to put in your kid's lunchbox, compared to what do you want to do with your life? Is this person right for you? What do you do about that ailing friendship? What do you do about what school to put your child in? How do you handle your family's finances? Choices can be real easy, real difficult. And today we're going to talk about the difficult ones, clearly, because... I'm Marcela, that's what I do, the master of deep conversations. <laughs> Today, when we talk about choices, we're going to talk about how do you choose? How do you decide between a few choices when you have no idea what follows either path? How do you decide when you know you want to pay close attention to what God wants for your life? How do you discern God's will? It ain't easy, but I'm confident I have a few tips that can help. At least it's what worked for me. What do you say? Let's do this. So today is all about choices. And I'm really excited to talk about this because I'm in the middle of a very, very big decision. I'll tell you about that in a second. But you know, there comes a time in our life when we must decide. You reach a fork in the road and we have to make a single choice. Will we go this way or will we go another way? And it's impossible to predict the future and there's no way to know if you've made the right choice. If any of them will end up in more happiness, more success, less hardship, a few months or years down the line. And I think the first one I faced like this was, what college am I supposed to go to? Where should I apply? What should I major in? They're difficult decisions, and sometimes making them at 16, 17 years old feels kind of premature, not going to lie, but you know, you get through them, and that's when you start really exercising that muscle of what's right for me, and also, am I listening, trying to discern the will of God? So like I said, I'm facing such a situation right now, a fork in the road, but this is the worst kind, because it has nothing to do with me, really. It's the worst kind of fork in the road because it's the kind where I have to make a choice for my child. Not, not only do I have to live with the uncertainty of what will happen, should I choose one way or the other, but the person it's going to affect the most isn't me. It's, you know, just the person I love the most in the world, my kid. Like, no pressure, though, seriously. Honestly. Being a mom, dude. Am I seriously ready? Am I grown up enough for this? I don't know. But I've realized that, you know, it's not about trying to make the right choice. It's really just about trusting. Now, you know, my project for 2019 was to go to therapy weekly. So on a weekly basis, visit my therapist and talk it out. Well, my therapist recently downgraded me to visits every two weeks, which kind of sucks. But I pay attention to whatever she says and I say, yes, my chief. Every two weeks, okay, she must think I'm doing all right. And I'm going again in two days and I'm pumped about it. But anyway, 
In a recent visit, I told her about how tired I felt. Like, don't get me wrong, I sleep great. You know, it, it, sleep is a very, very recurring topic on the Kin Show. Like I say, sleep is spiritual. <laughs> and I sleep great. I average like eight and a half to nine hours a night. And I know that's insane compared to most people. And it's insane to sleep that much with two kids under five years old. I get it. But then why am I so tired all the time? And I told her, you know, there's so much to do all the time. There's so much to keep track of, so much to anticipate. Like motherhood feels like a never ending game of Tetris. I know who needs what and when. And as I see the puzzle pieces coming down, I know where they're going to be best placed. You know, like I don't always get a great fit, not always the best fit, but I can make this thing work. And it's like a treadmill, a Tetris treadmill of needs and logistics. They say that women are better at logistics. I don't know, but we got to do it. I just keep going. You know, I, I don't really have a choice of whether to analyze. I just got to keep playing the game. My therapist, she looked at me and she said, you're tired because you're trying to rescue everyone and you can't. And I was like, yeah, I'm the typical type two on the Enneagram. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, I'll do a future show about it, but I'll link to a great, great uh, podcast episode that summarizes the Enneagram in the show notes if you want to check it out. But anyways, I'm a typical type two, the helper. So when she says you're trying to rescue everyone and it's exhausting because that's physically impossible to rescue everyone and do all the things for everyone, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I was trying so hard. I mean, I still do. I'm not going to use the past tense. I do try so hard and I wasn't trusting at all, but there's a great book that I love. It's called Mom Set Free, written by Jeannie Kunian. And I have no idea if I'm mis like mispronouncing that. I apologize, lady. I love your book, but I think that every single mom out there who believes in God should read this book. And I'm going to share two quotes with you that I love. And the first one goes like this. I don't need to be any more. That less of me and more of God is always better. And that makes so much sense to me because I cannot do it all. There's no physical way that I can take care of every single person in a perfect way and rescue them because I just can't. But you know who can? God. That made a ton of sense to me. And it also was a relief where I don't have to try so much. Less of me and more of God is a good thing for my family. And there's another quote that she shares in the book that really, really changed how I viewed my efforts. And this is what Jeannie had to say. God is holding us just as we are holding our kids. And obviously that makes a ton of sense because I spent a lot of the day touching my kids, holding them. Nicolas is two, but he's still in the age where he'll come up to me and say, abracho mama, which means hug mama, or up mama. And he wants, you know, some physical affection. I mean, it's like two seconds before he's like squirming out of my arms and off to do like whatever it is that he does. But they, they need so much physical holding. And it's a relief to me to feel that God is holding me too. That while I'm trying to do all the things and be master Tetris player for this family, God is taking care of us and he's taking care of me while I do it. And that was a huge relief. Like I actually felt in my like soul, like I can relax. 
I can exhale. Of course, I have to keep doing the things. I'm not going to like sit back and be like, God, I'll pick up my kid at school today. Like <laughs> that's not going to happen. But I can relax in the sense that I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to be doing all the things for everybody. And that applies to how I make my decisions for the family as well. Especially because I think like most moms, there are a lot of times that I feel like I'm failing God, failing to be better for him, to be more like him. And I don't mean just as a mom. I just mean as a person. You know, every single time I have an interaction with somebody that I wish had gone a different way, that maybe I wasn't so nice, or maybe I was a little judgmental, or all the things, you know. But I realized that it's not about trying and failing God. It's about not trying at all. It's about trusting in God, having faith that he is there to help me and to hold me, like the book says in Mom Set Free. So when it comes to making decisions, there's this big thing on discernment, right? So discernment in the spiritual life means, you know, a way of striving to seek God's will in one's life. And to discern God's will, I mean, I read this book. It's a wonderful book that I mentioned various times on this podcast, and I hope that every single person out there buys and reads. And it's Father James Martin's book, The Jesuit Guide to Almost Everything. And it's so good. I've reread it a few times. And every single time, it's enlightening in a different way, and I get something new from it. And it's awesome for beginners, but I would say at this point, I'm not so much a beginner as the first time I read it, but I still enjoy it so much. And in the book, he describes discernment and God's will in the following way. To discern God's will means to be attuned to how you feel when you weigh your options. God's will leads to peace and consolation, not strife. Consolation is the sense of God's presence. So for example, right now that I am weighing two very, very difficult options for my child, not for me. I mean, yes, it's going to have to do with me eventually, but it's mostly about my kid. I have to, I say to myself, I want God's will to be played out. I want to do what God wants me to do here. How do I do that? Obviously, I've prayed about it, first step. And I've said, listen, God, this is up to you, okay? I want to do what you think is best here, but I need you to show me. This is in your hands. I'm not going to try here. I'm not going to, you know, insert my fingers into this problem and try to like Rubik's cube it. I'm not. I'm going to put it down and I'm going to say, listen, this is in your hands. You can Rubik's cube it however you'd like, God. I'm down for whatever you want, but I need you to help me see. I need you to show me. Give me some clarity, please. Throw me a bone here. Give me a sign. Whatever it is, whatever, however you want to call it, give me some clarity on what I should do here for Juan Jose. Now, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here and, and tell you about a dream that I had. Now, I once had a really weird dream about Thomas Merton. And No, seriously, like I dreamt about it. I don't know. I must have been reading one of the seven-story mountain or something. I'm serious. I couldn't make this up if I tried. So I was in some sort of conference type of setting, and he was on stage, and I got to ask him a question. And I asked how he discerns God's will. Clearly, this was on my mind. This wasn't recently, so like apparently God's will has been on my mind for a while. And he said there's a certain unbreakableness to his decisions, like when he knows it's what must be done. That's how he discerns God's will. And that 
has helped me through a dream. I mean, James Martin also says, God meets you where you are. I was sleeping. God met me. I'm grateful for it. (laughs) And so I've been weighing these two options and a few things have happened that you could call signs or whatever you want to call them, but they definitely provided me with clarity. And a few things or opportunities happened where I was given some feedback or I had certain conversations with people. And, you know, it took time. I remember like in one particular scenario, I was told that I was going to have a conversation with somebody about Juan Jose a week from now. And I had to wait a week for that conversation. And I prayed to God and I said, all right, God, I'm going to ask some questions about this decision that may affect which way we go. So it's up to you, God, if you have this person answer me in a way where it's helpful or maybe not helpful at all. Like if the person had said like, I don't know, it's up to you. That's not really helpful. But if this person provides some real professional answers, I'm going to take that as a sign. And you tell me which way you want me to go. In all the cases, it was so clear. Every conversation I had, everywhere that I sought feedback, everywhere that I asked for some help, and I was open to all answers. But it all had, you know, if I was weighing option A and option B, everything said option B. Every single person said option B. And so when we followed the path for option B, we received kind of like a reconfirmation where option B, one of the reasons why we were considering option B is because we thought it would be better for Juan Jose for a certain reason. And option B proved to be the right choice because they immediately called us back and said, hey, listen, we need to talk to you because we noticed something special about your child. And we'd love to help with that. And I was like, yeah, me too. That's the thing. I noticed it too. And it's a really positive thing. Thank God. It's a wonderful, wonderful problem to have. But this option B noticed it as well without me having to say anything. And what I wanted was some extra help with that. And they noticed it on their own and offered help. And that was a wonderful reconfirmation of, I felt like God was telling me, you're in the right place. Now, going back to James Martin's quote, what I felt was absolute relief and consolation. I didn't feel strife. I felt relief. It felt like as a family, we had followed God's will. We had put ourselves in a situation where we were not trying to figure this out. We left the problem solving and the solution to God. And we just kind of perked up our ears and said, God, talk to me, please. Talk to me, lead me. I am trusting you. And only you to make this decision for us. Just give me some clarity. And you know what? He delivered. He really did. And I'm so grateful for it because sometimes we can get caught up in our own egos. We can get caught up in our own thoughts and make decisions that are self-serving. And I am really committed to making decisions that hopefully are the ones that God wants me to make. Now, discernment is not easy. But in this case, it turned out crystal clear for me. Now I've done this various other times. Discerning God's will is almost a science, right? There are books dedicated to it. And I'll link to a few of my favorite books on discernment in the show notes. So if you go to kinpodcast.com slash 13, you can read those. And in episode number three with Mario Callejas, we talked about 
we talked a lot about discernment and the books that he's read, the resources that he uses to discern God's will. Now, it's not perfect all the time, and it's not easy, but if you are willing to listen, if you are willing to trust instead of keep trying, like a hamster on a wheel, just get off the wheel and say, yo, God, I'm here. Help me out. He's there. He's there. And now in the next episode, next week, I am going to describe and share my favorite, favorite, favorite tool for discernment and for listening to God. Now, I don't mean like God's talking to me. I just mean, well, you know what? You'll hear it in the next episode. I'm not going to get into details right now. And it's called Centering Prayer. I'm going to share all about it, how I do it, what I've learned about it, my practice when it comes to centering prayer. Hopefully it'll help you out. So I just want to leave you with the thought that, you know, parenting is a never-ending game of Tetris. And I may always have it in me to try to rescue people and help people and, and all of that. But I know that the more that I open myself to trusting God instead of trying so freaking hard, I know, first of all, I won't be so exhausted all the time. And second of all, maybe I'll let God's will in a little more often. And again, stay tuned next week for my episode on Centering Prayer because Centering Prayer has changed my life. As always, thank you for listening to the Kin Podcast. You can check out this episode's show notes at www.kinpodcast.com slash 13. Because this episode 13, I'll have all the information I talked about here, including the books on discernment and all that stuff, the quotes that I mentioned, kinpodcast.com slash 13. And as always, a very special thank you to my friend Mario Callejas for providing the music to the show. So check him out on Spotify. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, hop on over to iTunes. Leave us a little rating, review, hopefully five stars. You know, it'll help more people like you find and enjoy the show as well. And I'd be ever so grateful. Stay tuned for the next episode of Kin next week. This is Marcela signing off.